The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. New cases of coronavirus are climbing in eastern Virginia. The percentage of tests coming back positive are also growing. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam announced new measures to quell the increase. Roberta Roldan has more. Northam says local health departments and ABC officials will increase unannounced visits to businesses to enforce mask wearing. They'll have a focus on the Hampton Roads area. If you own a restaurant or a business and you're not following the regulations, your license will be on the line and we will not hesitate to take action if needed. Current health data shows that coronavirus cases in other areas of the state remain mostly flat, including central Virginia. Northam says there's been a 250 percent increase in cases for people aged 20 to 29. He says contact tracers are finding that the virus is being spread mostly at bars and large social gatherings. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Following the press conference, House Republican leader Todd Gilbert called Northam's enforcement announcement a threat and said it's likely to trigger more defiance. He also said it puts businesses in the untenable position of having to confront customers who aren't wearing a mask. This week, a group of Commonwealth's attorneys in Virginia urged criminal justice reforms in the upcoming special session. The attorneys call themselves Virginia Progressive Prosecutors for Justice. Whitney Evans reports. The signers are 11 of the state's 120 elected Commonwealth attorneys. In a letter to legislative leaders, they suggested seven priorities. Those include requiring that officers serve arrest warrants during the daytime, ending six-month driver's license suspensions for drug convictions, and abolishing mandatory minimum sentences. Henrico County Commonwealth attorney Shannon Taylor says state lawmakers pushed many of these proposals to next year, but that's too late. This is an opportunity for a real reset and for what we can call the new normal for the Commonwealth of Virginia moving forward. Richmond Commonwealth's attorney Colette McEachin told VPM in an email that she supports several of the suggestions but says the letter writers did not ask her to sign. Whitney Evans, VPM News. The latest Democratic lawmaker to announce a run for higher office next year works in cybersecurity for the Federal Department of Homeland Security. Hala Ayala says she'll focus on health care in her campaign to become lieutenant governor. Ben Pavier has more. Ayala won her Northern Virginia House of Delegates seat in 2017, campaigning for Medicaid expansion. She says she wept when the General Assembly passed expansion in 2018 because she and her family relied on it a couple of times. I was so proud because I knew what it was like to fear if my son got sick or if I got sick. What did that mean for us? How much medical bills? As Lieutenant Governor, Ayala says she'd also support expanding paid sick and maternity leave. The Afro-Latina is the first Democrat to formally announce a bid. Delegate Elizabeth Guzman, who represents a nearby district, says she's also exploring a run. Either candidate would be the first woman to hold the job if they win. Ben Pavier, VPM News. The city of Richmond launched a rent and mortgage assistance program this week. As Yasmin Juma reports, the financial assistance is for immigrant households impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Mayor LeVar Stoney says the $250,000 program aims to support city residents who may not qualify for federal assistance as a result of their non-citizen or mixed immigration status. If there's one lesson we should take away from this pandemic, it's that everyone deserves a place to feel safe and secure. Everyone deserves to be in a home at this moment. Payments will be made directly to landlords on behalf of eligible applicants. The funds are capped at $1,500 per household or up to two months of rent. The program's launch follows calls from advocates to address the disproportionate impact the pandemic has had on the Latino population, which makes up nearly 50% of reported COVID-19 cases in Richmond, but only about 7% of the city's population. Yasmin Juma, VPM News. A Lynchburg Circuit Court judge has mostly upheld a new Virginia law requiring background checks for gun purchases, but issued a narrow injunction preventing the law from applying to 18 to 20-year-olds looking to purchase a handgun. Judge Patrick Yates cited the fact that federal law prevents federally registered gun dealers from selling or running background checks on anyone under the age of 21. Yates previously ruled that Safeside Tactical's indoor gun range could remain open during Governor Ralph Northam's lockdown restrictions earlier this year amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Attorney General Herring said he plans to appeal the injunction. Ben Pavier has also been reporting on a program that sends military equipment to local law enforcement, including here in Virginia. As politicians across the country are facing calls to reform police departments, there's a push in Congress to rein in the program. VPM senior editor Catherine Comp spoke with Ben about what he found out through public records requests. So Ben, why does this program exist in the first place? Why do police departments need military gear? The so-called 1033 program started in the 1990s during the war on drugs. That's the federal government's push to curb drug trafficking that critics say led to mass incarceration. The Defense Department gave local law enforcement gear it didn't need. Some of this stuff is pretty mundane, things like gloves or printers. But Virginia departments currently have almost 1,300 rifles from the program, over three dozen Humvees, and 20 mine-resistant armored vehicles. These are 30-ton vehicles designed to survive roadside bomb attacks in Afghanistan. And they're now in places like Greene County, Virginia. And what would authorities in Greene County need with a vehicle like that? Well, I filed a public records request with the sheriff's office there, and it turns out in the six years they've had the vehicle, they've never used it. I spoke to Sheriff Stephen Smith. He says he hopes he never has to take it out, but... We will use it if we ever need to uh, with our attack team or whatever situation arises, you know, with a call for service that we have to have a vehicle like that. And uh, we can use it in, in rescue situations like during floods or, you know, disaster, natural disasters and stuff like that. All Sheriff Smith has to do is pay for the cost of shipping, not the item itself. John Jones is the director of the Virginia Sheriff's Association. He says the program can help with arming officers in cash-strapped departments across the state. In this country, you don't have an armed police. You have armed police, and then you have a, a budget deficit, so you get the best deal you can get, and sometimes the 1033 program is that. The counter-argument is that police are incentivized to become more militarized. The public became much more aware of the program in 2014 during the protest in Ferguson, Missouri. Ferguson police were heavily armed, and they got at least two Humvees from the 1033 program. And did anything change after those protests? President Obama issued an executive order in 2015 that ultimately led to new restrictions. Law enforcement can no longer get certain gear like tanks and high-caliber munition. President Trump undid most of those rules in a 2017 executive order. And now we're once again hearing calls to rein the program in. Yasmin Taib is with the activist group Demand Progress, which is pushing Congress to act. What we're calling for simply is to ensure that 
we de demilitarize our communities, that we don't see tanks kind of rolling down our streets in, you know, Richmond or in, in Washington, D.C. or anywhere else in the country. Every year, lawmakers take a vote on a bipartisan bill to authorize defense spending. This year, Democrats and a few Republicans are proposing an amendment that would add new restrictions to the 1033 program. The idea is if it makes it to Trump's desk, he's less likely to veto it. So if this passes, does Greene County have to return that giant armored vehicle? That's unlikely. The vehicle would be banned, but law enforcement could get an exemption to use it during natural disasters. From what I can tell, the rules lawmakers are proposing wouldn't change much in Virginia because the gear law enforcement currently have would still be allowed. One final question. Was any of this gear used in the protests in Richmond? The Richmond Police Department doesn't have any gear from the program. State police got some night vision equipment back in 2011 and 2012. But most of the gear you've seen in the protest hasn't come from the 1033 program. That's all the time we have. Ben, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. You're listening to VPM News. For more of our coverage, visit vpm.org. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. Find all of VPM's stories online at vpm.org slash news. VPM.